I'm Jess. And I'm Tiff. And we're your Curious Cousins. Where we talk about everything kooky and spooky in the state of Oklahoma. Welcome to episode 26. Hello. I got it right this time. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We all fumble from every once in a while. Yes. How are you? Good. Good. Doing better. I was kind of in like a weird funk lately we get there we always not, get there i'm not really sure uh why just you know it was in a weird headspace and i feel like it's much better so good i'm anyway. glad how are you i am good i am good good i have a long weekend ahead of us so. i know i'm excited yeah me too it'll be nice yes so looking forward to it yes any news or updates or things we need to let the people know about? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Me neither. Oh, on Friday it was my sister's birthday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Happy birthday, Stephanie. Happy birthday, Steph. I hope you had a good day. I think she went axe throwing. Oh, fun. I've it never been. been but oh, you haven't? Oh, we uh-uh. need to go then. It I, is so fun. It looks fun. It is fun. I don't know if anybody would trust me with that though we, we would all just stay way far away from you <laughs> while you were yeah. throwing your axe i mean no my hand eye coordination isn't the best <laughs> yeah so, so yeah other than that i can't think of anything off the top of our heads yeah i i can't either uh our listeners have been keeping us busy with new research yes though. they have oops i just smacked that okay yes they have which has been really fun thank you guys so much for all of your case recommendations for us to look into um it's really helpful oh yeah absolutely so excited some of these i am so ready to (laughs) rabbit hole dive deep Uh and give the people what they want (laughs) that was ridiculous we could cut that Uh, now let's leave it in So this week we are talking paranormal. So Jess, you want to take it away first? Yeah, I do. Okay. So I'm covering Devil's Canyon. And my sources are Lost Treasures of Kiowa County from rebelcherokee.labdiva.com. Oh. (laughs) Mouthful, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that's a long one. Uh, Lost Oklahoma treasure, misplaced mines, outlaw loot, and mule loads of gold by (laughs) W. Craig Gaines. Haunted Oklahoma, ghosts and strange phenomena of the Sooner State by Jeff Provine. So, there aren't a lot of ghost stories per se about this. And, I mean, there might be, but I actually had a really hard time finding any. So, mine is more kind of more legend than really, like, ghost scary. Okay. So, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, location. Devil's Canyon is located in Kiowa County in the Wichita Mountains. The Wichita Mountains in southwest Oklahoma stretch across mid-Kiowa County from the North Fork of the Red River into Comanche County, right around Fort Sill. One source said that the Wichita Mountains are thought to be the oldest in the United States. Mm -hmm. How that is even calculated is beyond my comprehension. 
And I don't even know how that would figure out how they would figure out. Core samples. Okay, because I I literally put science teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Core samples, they can carbon date a lot of the rock. And if you take a core sample, you can see like the lines on it will Mm -hmm. tell you different periods. Like if there was water present during that period or Mm -hmm. what. See, I knew you'd have the answer. Core samples. (laughs) There we have it. Devil's Canyon cuts a huge swath a mile and a half long through rugged granite peaks before it opens into the North Fork of the Red River. It lies between Flat Top Mountain and Soldier's Peak. Uh, It said it was like just south of the Quartz Mountain Nature Park. I don't really know that area very much. Sorry, very well. But anyway. It's also near the Fort Smith Santa Fe Trail, and I think it's also uh, known as the Old Spanish Trail, And but I could be wrong about that. So, a little bit about Devil's Canyon. I looked and I looked and I looked for any kind of explanation on how Devil's Canyon got its name. Because that would be my number one question. Well... I hate to disappoint, but I literally have no idea. I couldn't find anything. So if there is anybody out there who knows how Devil's Canyon got its name, please, please let me know. Because everything that I looked at, it never really actually said how it got its name. Anyway. (laughs) Devil's Canyon was visited by many travelers heading east and west since the early days of North American exploration. The Mexican town in the mouth of Devil's Canyon was perhaps the first ghost town in what is now known as Kiowa County. In the days of buffalo hunters, it was known as Old Spanish Town because of the ruins and adobe buildings and the relics that would be found there every now and then including a gold cross, swords, axes, and sheep bells. Oh. Of course, the skeptics to Spanish mining in Oklahoma claim that such items could have been collected by the Native Americans Mm -hmm. from trading. Yeah. However, historical records do show Spanish activity as early as the 17th century. Records in the San Fernando Cathedral show gold being found in the region, and one source said uh, 1629, the other said 1650, not sure which one. That's a big gap. Yeah, it said that in one of those years, (laughs) Captain Don Diego del Castello was sent with soldiers to protect miners and to escort the treasure back to San Antonio. French traveler Bavel, I don't know if that's how it's said, but that's what we'll go with. Anyway, he wrote later that he had crossed the region in about 1765, joining up with a group of Pawnee traders, and they were seeking seeking horses, is mm-hmm. what it is said. And while they journeyed, he heard explosions like cannon fire to the south echoing off the mountains. Mm. And the Pawnees explained that it was white men looking for gold in the hills. And apparently they were using gunpowder to blast stone loose. And this was in the 1760s? Yeah, 1765. Okay. Stories say that the Spanish came as far north as Devil's Canyon, 
archaeological exploration of the area has confirmed what the buffalo hunters said Mm -hmm. or what they had found. And they found, like, outlines of stone corrals, foundations, and markings on trees and rocks in the shapes of helmets, arrows, and turtles. I don't know. Along with words in Spanish, but they're now blurred, of course, from, like, erosion. Oh, rats. Beads, arrowheads, jewelry, buttons, and even some bones have been found by the early settlers while plowing their fields. Yeah. The Spanish were said to have found enough gold that they couldn't even bring it all back. Oh, rats. (laughs) Sounds like a personal problem to me. A brass cannon filled with gold is said to be buried nearby, and a cave closed off by a landslide holds an entire ship laden with gold and supplies that was brought up the North Fork of the Red River. One story confirmed by both descendants of Mexican and Kiowa relates that a later group of miners came to reopen the old Spanish mine in the early 1830s. During this time, the region would have been the frontier of the Louisiana Territory, Mm -hmm. but a group looking for gold crossed the border to dig out what they could find before the Americans (laughs) could even um, come too far west. (laughs) Apparently, they did really well, gaining the attention of local Kiowas. As the miners were preparing to send two years' worth of digging back, the Kiowa warriors struck and slaughtered the miners. So oh, they killed oh. everybody. Oh my gosh. They brought back 50 donkeys loaded with gold, even though the miners had cut them off from the rest in the shaft by rolling a gigantic boulder onto it. Oh my gosh. With legends and stories of gold, treasure hunters have continuously settled in the Quartz Mountain including a gold rush shortly after 1900 in which a man found, get this, an 85-pound nugget in the Devil's Canyon. Now, I don't know if I would call an 85-pound thing of gold a nugget. I wouldn't call that a nugget. But a big hunk of... That's a boulder. Yes. (laughs) A boulder of gold. Nugget? That's putting it lightly. Devil's Canyon is supposed to be haunted by ghosts in shining armor guarding the hidden treasure. <laughs> like, supposed to be. <laughs> As I mentioned before, one of the treasures there is supposed to be a brass cannon filled with gold buried somewhere in the canyon. Another of the supposed treasure is a silver casket filled with church wealth. According to the legend from the early Spanish missionaries who were in the area in 1629... It's buried in one of the hidden caves. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There are also rumors that gold bars worth about a hundred or one hundred and twelve thousand. Now I don't know if that's from back then or now. I didn't have a year, so I couldn't mm-hmm. convert it to what it would be now. Yeah. But regardless, there's apparently some high dollar gold bars hidden in a cave in Devil's Canyon as well. I don't really like to climb around in caves. <laughs> like, freaks me out. I mean, yeah. Well, so are you ready for some kind of spooky stories? Yes. Other discoveries have been less awesome. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, finding an 85-pound nugget would be pretty well, awesome. Everything else in comparison to that would pale. <laughs> yeah, well, these are not as awesome, but they're no less spooky and terrifying. 
These stories include a man in the 19th century rolling back a boulder to find a dead body rather than the gold he was hoping to find. He rolled back a boulder? Yep. And I don't it was know a how. tomb? God put that stone there for a reason. I've seen the movie Goonies. I mean, it, I don't he think he put a stone there for the reason. It. it doesn't it doesn't you're not supposed to move stuff like that. That's what you get for moving a stone. Well, I'm wondering like how big was this boulder cuz did he do it him by himself? I'm a weak. I'm a weak person. Right. Anyway. Well, clearly someone had to move it there. How old was the body? Did they oh, It, it doesn't bones. say. It just said that he found oh. bones. Well, I need to know more information about this. <laughs> In 1967, heavy rains washed out rocks to reveal skeletons hanging in the stone walls, <laughs> which was quite the shock for the, to the young boy hiking who discovered them. Look, you think? Yeah. Oh, my like, gosh. That would have put me off for life. Mm, I would never <laughs> hike again. Right. That's how I feel. <laughs> Another story says that in the fall of 1806, a party of well-educated and lavishly dressed Mexicans who spoke English fluently camped near the remains of an old village in Devil's Canyon. Prospectors who were working in the same area learned from the Mexicans that they were trying to locate two of the old mines. The Mexican party, which was made up of 10 men, camped at the site for four weeks. One night... At about 10 o'clock, a blast shook the entire community, followed by five more in an interval of about 20 minutes apart. So the next morning, when all the miners disclaimed knowing anything about it, they, of course, being curious, a number of them went to the Mexican campsite. Mm -hmm. And here's the crazy part. The Mexicans were gone. And the surrounding hills showed zero signs of being blasted. Oh, my gosh. Uh, (laughs) I know. Isn't that weird? Yes. Those that decided to, or those that decide to search for the treasure are not only facing the residual energy of a massacre, because remember, a big group of miners were slaughtered there. Yes. But also the devil himself. Oh. Yeah. Spookier versions of the legend say that someone, whether it was the miners or the ones that were the attackers, placed a curse on the gold still buried in the walls of the canyon, which invited the devil to earth to guard the treasure. If one is unlucky enough to discover it, <laughs> they've got time to do that. <laughs> I I don't think he really needs to be invited. Sometimes he's already here. (laughs) Furthermore, he have some other things to do with his time. Guard treasure. If one is unlucky enough to discover it, they will see a row of human skeletons still dressed in armor lying on top of the gold. And they might just end up as a new addition to the set. Oh, no, no, no. Unfortunately, when it comes to who owns the rights to the land, it gets a little tricky. (laughs) Some say that it's part of Quartz Mountain Park and belongs to the state, while others say the families who own the land surrounding the canyon all lay their own claims to it. So, wouldn't you? (laughs) Yeah. An interesting thing you will notice, if you look at Google Maps at the area, 
Devil's Canyon itself is marked as part of Quartz Mountain Park. Mm -hmm. However, the land to the north and south of it aren't. (laughs) So. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, that is Devil's Canyon. Very nice. Very nice. Don't go treasure hunting. I don't know who owns it, and you don't want to be arrested (laughs) either way or shot for trespassing. No. So just don't do it. Even if the state does own it, you don't want to. Yeah, I don't think you can do that anyway. So right. Anyway, all right. Well, are you ready for another spooky tale? Hit me with your best shot. (laughs) Fire away. I am covering Fort Washita. So um, the sources I used were Fort Washita, Oklahoma on hauntedhouses.com, Ghosts and Legends of Oklahoma by Mike Rickseeker, Most Haunted Places in Oklahoma at travelok.com, and the Chickasaw Nation's website. Oh, very nice. So Fort Washita is located at 3348 State Road 199 in Durant. It is located in southern Oklahoma. Its ruins are located on the Washita River, north of the city of Durant, near the Tishomingo National Wildlife Refuge, which is not far from the Texas border. And so I'm going to start with a little bit of history of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to read a quote from President Thomas Jefferson that he made to future President William Henry Harrison in 1803. It says... To promote this disposition to exchange lands, which they have to spare and we want, for necessaries, which we have to spare and they want, we shall push our trading uses and be glad to see the good and influential individuals among them run in debt. Because we observe that when these debts get beyond what the individuals can pay, they become willing to lop them off by a cession of land. In this way, our settlements will gradually circumscribe and approach the Indians, and they will in time either incorporate with us as citizens of the United States or remove beyond the Mississippi. Mm. So that statement, of course, was made regarding the natives in in the southern United States post-Revolutionary War. Mm -hmm when we were very focused on westward expansion and the Louisiana Purchase. Of course, by the 1830s, that was said in 1803. Mm -hmm. So already at that point, our government was planning to remove Mm -hmm. Native Americans from their homelands Mm -hmm. if they did not give up their land freely and decide to assimilate with us. So, of course, we know that by the 1830s, the United States had moved the five civilized tribes to Indian territory. Mm -hmm. And as review, those Indian tribes are the Cherokee, Chickasaw, Choctaw, Creek, and Seminole native groups. This, of course, angered the Plains Indians Mm -hmm. who were already here in Indian territory. Right. Um, They were either here or they were nomadic in this area throughout the year. And I looked up to see some of the common Plains Indian tribes here, and Mm -hmm. that included the Osage, Quapaw, Kiowa, Comanche, and Wichita. There are many, many more, but those are just the main ones that were kind of in Mm -hmm. Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Texas. In 1842, Fort Washita was built by General Zachary Taylor, 
who later on becomes President Taylor, Mm -hmm. to help protect the Chickasaw and Choctaw nations that were making their homes there now. Okay. They included a barracks, hospital, surgeon's quarters, a library, a bar, and a bowling alley. Bowling alley? I know. It was very interesting because then I I should have looked it up because I was like, oh, bowling? They had bowling alleys in 1842? Huh. They did. Interesting. In the 1850s, the fort served as a supply depot and a pit stop for people rushing to California for gold. Mm -hmm. The fort was closed for a bit. I think they had like a period of time that was peaceful. So they're like, oh, we don't really need to be here. So they closed it. But in 1858, it was reopened when the Comanche became aggressive again in the area. Mm -hmm. I don't know who or what they were aggressive towards um, or who requested that it be opened, but Mm -hmm. just that it was. In 1861, Union troops abandoned the fort after Fort Sumter in South Carolina was taken. Mm-hmm. So the Confederacy quickly took over this mm. fort. It's like, oh, it's already all done for us. Right. Under Confederate control, the fort became the regional headquarters, major supply depot, and a medical center for Confederate troops. After the Battle of Honey Springs, which this is a kooky fact, that's mm-hmm. the biggest Civil War battle in Indian Territory. General Douglas Cooper commanded the fort. Here's a spooky fact. Mm. He is buried there at the fort in an unmarked and unknown grave. In August of 1865, at the end of the Civil War, as defeat was imminent, Confederate troops set the fort ablaze. Burned it to the ground. who did? The Confederate soldiers. Oh, okay. So then, in 1870, the Department of the Interior took control of the site. The fort was deemed obsolete. It was burnt out, had crumbling stone walls, too much work to make it a fort again. Mm -hmm. So they gave the property to the Chickasaw Nation. How generous. (laughs) Thanks, friends. (laughs) Enter Charles and Abby Davis Colbert. We'll get to them in a minute. Kind of, we'll fast forward mm-hmm. for a little more. We'll, we'll talk about the Colberts here in a little bit, but okay. let's fast forward to 1962 when the state of Oklahoma purchased Fort Washita from the Chickasaw Nation and put it under the control of the Oklahoma Historical Society. They restored the site and placed it on the National Registry of Historic Places in 1966. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the Colbert family and on to some spooky stuff. Spooky. All right, the Colbert family was a Chickasaw Native American family. Um, the own, the head was a man by the name of Charles Colbert. He rebuilt many of the barracks, making one of them a home for his family and their 32 dogs to live in. 32 dogs? Yep, 32. Uh, he was called Charlie sometimes. Charlie, he held the office of auditor at the Chickasaw Nation, making him one of the most distinguished men in the tribe. Mm-hmm. On the first night, the family stayed. Remember those 32 dogs? Yeah. They all went missing. Oh. <gasps> Every single one of them. On the same night. First night. All of them. Same night. (laughs) What kind of dogs were they? It didn't say. It is rumored that a spirit or two must not have approved of having 32 dogs in the home. It was, after all, their former barracks that that belonged to them. So they just kept letting those dogs out. Oh, my gosh. Each day, Charlie went out and hunted each dog down and brought them home. Oh, so like they left for the day, but he went and got them. The and night, them yeah. Back. He went and brought them back. Interesting. Oh. Um, and I think at one point I might have been like, uh, I'm out. I'm done. All right. So I have some conflicting resources. It said that 
Charles finally got the message and moved his family off the fort. Mm-hmm. Another source said that one minute... One morning, the family woke up and the dogs were all there. And it just, the letting go of the dogs just simply stopped. Hmm. Anywho, at some point, the Colberts turn ownership over to a doctor named Steele. I never got his first name and his sister. Mm-hmm. And I never got her first name. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. Huh. Um, where they were the next tenants to rebuild some more of the barracks and live there. Uh-huh. The sister's responsibilities included just being the simple housekeeper. Uh-huh. He was unmarried. She was unmarried. It wasn't long before she witnessed some mischievous paranormal activity. Ooh. And it is said that spirits of young sh- soldiers here at Fort Washita, they have a tendency to tease a little. <laughs> Um, objects were mainly moved around. Doors and windows were opening and closing. Lights would go on and off. She would be touched by unseen hands. Okay, and- that's not teasing. That's <laughs> harassment. That's harassment. <laughs> and um, she would see an apparition or something. Gross. Um, she ended up having a nervous breakdown. Uh, yeah. And moved off and out of Fort Washita. What year was this? It didn't Did say it, what oh, year it was. Say. Well, because you said the light's going on and off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it didn't say what year it was. Okay. So the most famous spirit found there on Fort Washita is that of Aunt Jane. Aunt Jane? Yes. Her headstone is said to be present in the cemetery on the fort. There is a cemetery there. But it's, Does it say Aunt Jane? I'm, that's what I wondered, too. It's unknown who she really is, though. There are four legends surrounding her demise. Good grief. All of which have one kooky and spooky fact in common. Ooh. Aunt Jane is, are you ready? No. Headless. <gasps> She's a, wo- <laughs> a woman dressed in 1800s clothing is seen searching the ruins for her Ooh. head. Gross. <laughs> you you want to... Hear how she might have lost it? No, but you're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you, yeah. So in legend number one, Jane was a freed African-American enslaved person working for the Union during the Civil War as a spy. Uh She was sent to spy on the Confederate troops there at Fort Wachita. However, she was a terrible spy. (laughs) It wasn't said how it was known that she was terrible or in what ways she was terrible. Uh Nevertheless... She was discovered by the Confederate troops and put to death by beheading. Mm. Which is strange to think, for me anyways, to think that beheading was still a form of punishment in the 1860s. Well, yeah, because we think the form of punishment is lynching. or Like, that's what, yeah. So I probably stupidly assumed that beheading died out in the late 1700s, early 1800s in France, because I felt like right. France was the only place that still beheaded people. But it, I, apparently, I guess, nope. it happened here. Apparently. Oh, and it is claimed, of course, that her head and body weren't buried together, which is like paranormal 101. Begging for a exactly. haunting. You're going to get haunted if you don't bury body parts together. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's legend number one. Legend number two, Jane was the white wife of an officer at the fort. Mm-hmm. She was known to always carry $20 worth of gold, which would be like carrying 
up to $27,000 today. Why? On her. Why she was she carry it? I don't know. But she was, of course, ambushed by thieves outside the fort, well, they and they cut off her head. They probably knew she had it. Exactly. So, legend number three. This is the one that's probably maybe the most, most likely. likely. Jane was caught in the middle of a lover's quarrel. Oh. She was the wife of an officer at the fort, but also had a side man. Oh. While coming home from a night duty, the officer found Jane in bed with the other soldier. And in a fit of rage, the husband decapitated both Jane and her lover, throwing their heads into the nearby river. But she's the only one who haunts it. Allegedly. Okay. And then there's legend number four. Aunt Jane buried her money to prevent the Confederate soldiers from robbing her. When they caught wind of her, quote, fortune, they attempted to torture the location out of her. She refused to give it up. So they got frustrated and beheaded her. The living have reported seeing her headless apparition in a white gown, because what other color would it be in, floating near the fort ruins. (laughs) Uh, She is seen to be climbing up the walls of the ruins, still looking for her head, and that is creepy. Oh, that creeps me out so bad. Crawling up the walls. That's gross. A headless spirit crawling up walls. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. No, I'm out. Some have said they've seen her riding a horse pell-mell through the fort's ruins with her long black hair flowing behind her. Headless head, or, or uh, okay. what is it? Headless head woman? <laughs> okay, exactly. No, so, I said that wrong. Well, no, but I get what you're saying. Like, I wait, I thought she was headless. Uh-huh. How does she have black hair flowing behind yeah. her? That's a good one. I don't know. That's a great question. Where did she, where did the horse come from? I don't know. No wonder it's galloping pale male. She has no head to steer it in the proper direction. All right. So because the spirits of soldiers were successful or they felt like they were successful, people say that the spirits felt like they were successful in getting the Colbert family to leave their, quote, turf. Uh-huh. Aunt Jane has decided she was going to become mean in her tactics to get living people to leave her chosen home. (laughs) Aunt Jane was said to become a menacing pest of herself by haunting a Dr. Stalcup and his family who lived in this home that she had claimed was hers alone. I don't know if they're having conversations with the spirit or not. Well, how can they have a conversation with a headless woman? That's a great The spirit of Aunt Jane's most harassing action was to occasionally possess young Molly Stallcup, who was the doctor, uh, who was the child of the doctor. One night, Aunt Jane's apparition went too far and threatened to cut off all of Molly's hair. When Mrs. Stallcup kneeled in fervent and intense prayer, Aunt Jane backed down and stopped her nonsense. I call that a demon, not an apparition. Right. (laughs) So, again, another question I have to this is how do you threaten to cut off someone's hair if you do not have a head yourself? Mm, good question. I don't know. But she's possessing the little girl, so okay. maybe, like, she's going to... But how, she has no brain. Her brain is in her head. 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe lots of questions. Yes, lots of questions. So let's talk about some more presences. Okay. Dark masses and shadows are seen moving about while mist rises from the Confederate cemetery. Ew, 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 ew. I don't like that. I think that's worse than the headless woman walking around trying to cut your hair. <laughs> Colored lights are seen dancing along the road. Voices are heard, disembodied footsteps, galloping horses. Civil War soldiers will appear and vanish, sometimes alone or in groups. I don't know which is worse. I don't either. Union and Confederate soldiers are said to still be on duty, patrolling the barracks and grounds of the fort. Do they fight each other? I don't know. I don't think so. Because they weren't really ever there at the same time. Well, but if you would see, like, that's not the same uniform. Yeah. I don't know. Many people believe the spirits of the young soldiers just simply want to tease the living people. Harass. Thanks. This is common at many haunted sites, I think. Mm -hmm. Many believe this is what the spirits were doing to Dr. Sill's sister. Mm -hmm. By the way, why was her name never mentioned or his name? Yeah. Is it because she was an unmarried female? Probably. Uh, The cemetery is one of the most active places on the grounds. Both Union and Confederate soldiers are buried there. Treasure seekers have never found Aunt Jane's rumored money, but some have felt another presence not happy having people digging up what they seem as federal property. Well, I wouldn't be happy either. It has been reported that an unseen force stops some treasure hunters' pickaxes from even touching the ground. This could be the spirit of General Belknap, who could be restless because he died before seeing his family and is buried in a place he had never seen when he was alive. Mm. He may feel he needs to protect this fort from damage done by greedy individuals trying to resume his service. Mm. A green apparition thought to be a spectral soldier was seen walking from the barracks to the stables by a bunch of students one day. Spirits of Union or Confederate soldiers, they're really unsure which it was, mm-hmm. may have been the ones to let out all of the dogs, perhaps, we, we had talked about that earlier, perhaps because yes. they weren't too happy to have the building that they had lived in, or even the ones that they had burned down uh-huh. from leaving the forts, and, you know, it was rebuilt, and maybe they weren't happy about it being rebuilt. Yeah. So, um, they may have been mischief makers that drove the sister of Dr. Steele to reach her mental breaking point. Oh, Jeez. In the mid-1990s, a living history group spent a few nights there at Fort Washita in the Bohannon cabin. Here's a kooky, a kooky fact. The cabin was originally built in Durant between 1865 and 1870, but it was moved to the fort for the living history demos. Hmm. On the first night there, one woman awoke to the feeling of being strangled. <gasps> Gross. <sighs> Can you imagine? So everyone in the in the whole cabin wakes up. They all, blah, 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 you know, uh-huh. get all. And after that, so then they all get kind of calmed down or whatever, and they all go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. After this, another woman trying to go back to sleep felt a strong presence just hovering over her. Oh, nope. I'd be yeah. out. The next night, all the people that had stayed, that mm-hmm. stayed the night there, um, some sources said it was just three women. Some said it was a group. I'm not sure how many were there. Every single one of them, though, had dreams of being suffocated. 
Oh my gosh. What kind of spirit has the power to control your dreams? A horrible one? Yeah. So, and then this is kind of a kooky thing that happened, Uh but um, one of the historic corsets that the group had brought along with them mysteriously had all of its strings disappear, (laughs) which I thought was funny. The spirit that has claimed this space. (laughs) Yeah. The spirit that has claimed this space in the cabin is unknown, but it for sure does not like to have living people staying there. Paranormal groups say that Fort Washita is a fertile ground for paranormal activity. They have caught some hard evidence. Uh I'm not quite sure what hard evidence is. It's probably like just like sound proof. Oh, yeah, probably. You know. Yeah. Strong proof. Maybe some like EPTs or something. The Chickasaw people have made lots of sage offerings to calm <laughs> this restless, these restless entities. Um, other spirits let the Native Americans have their events here still, uh-huh. as well as once a year, Fort Washita has this this rendezvous, and it's an event that celebrates the trappers who used to gather here to get their supplies. Tourists are allowed to walk around the grounds without being bothered by the spirits <laughs> looking to be amused. So thank you for that. Uh, treasure hunters are unwelcome by the Native Americans and the conscientious spirits of soldiers. No ugly holes need to mar, mar the face of the fort looking for some sort of mythical treasure. Mm. In 2010, a fire broke out and completely destroyed the rebuilt South Barracks. Oh. And it's thought that maybe the spirits of the soldiers who lit it on fire the first time may have done it the second time. <laughs> um, but now, after that fire has taken place, paranormal investigators say that the soldiers have mellowed mm-hmm. and they're able to answer questions hmm. um, that the investigators ask them and is allowing them to, you know, come near their graves and they're welcome there. So kind of strange the spirits of confederate soldiers may have been the spectral force that burned down the rebuilt southern barracks as they had done earlier while still alive which Hmm. i wrote that twice i guess um (laughs) the spirit that is possessive of the bohannon cabin is still unwelcoming and hostile though there's always gotta be one yep the fort is open for tours even ghost walks i saw many mentions of them but couldn't find any information so Uh maybe you check back in October yeah, or September. Yeah, I mean, that would, uh, that um, would be interesting. The Fort Washita Rendezvous is an annual event that showcases the historic life that once was there at the fort. Oh, interesting. This year's event is actually quickly approaching. It starts Wednesday, March 29th and runs through Sunday, April 2nd at the Fort Washita Historic Site and Museum. It is said that the spirits will leave the living alone during this time. <laughs> it's kind of boo. Yeah. But... Tours at the Fort Washita are available Tuesday through Saturdays, 9 to 4.30. You just have to call ahead to schedule yours. Ooh, so we might need to take a trip down there. I think so. But that is Fort Washita. Oh, that was interesting. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> Man. Gross. Headless ladies. <laughs> I was trying to think of something witty to say, but nothing okay. was coming to me. It's okay. So, yeah. Huh. Other than that, next week will be a little true crime. Yeah. It'll be Jessarific. I always forget which one it is. Jessastic. <laughs> I do too. I don't know. It's I think it's me. Jessastic. 
But yeah, so uh, we really do appreciate all of the new follows yes. on our social media. Our like we can look at our analytics on people listening, and it has mm-hmm. exploded. Oh yeah, we've got people all over the United States yes, listening, which we are so thankful and blessed and Absolutely. happy for. We've got people in Canada and in Germany <laughs> and in New Zealand and the Netherlands, and it's just it's just crazy. And we're just so thankful that you guys are loving what we're loving and still if you have any show suggestions please feel free to dm us write them in email us we literally have a list sitting right next to me of shows that we do want to do that are suggested by you guys so yeah and uh please continue to Write a review and give us yes. some stars because yes. that really helps too. Yes, for sure. So if you need anything for, and Jess and I are very active on our socials. So I know somebody had messaged us and they're like, oh my gosh, you messaged us back, me back. And I was like, yes, of course I did. So um, just know that it, you, it, you'll get a message from one of us. Yeah. So we will. We're, we're checking it often mm-hmm. and uh, we do have you know, regular day jobs. Yes, we do. So sometimes it might be a little while before we can, but usually one of us is able to get to it within an hour or two. So we're just so blessed by you guys and thankful. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you need anything or if you have any suggestions, any thoughts, curiouscousinsok at gmail.com, curiouscousinsokpodcast on Facebook, curiouscousinsok on Instagram. We're on all major podcast streaming devices including apple spotify and stitcher so please 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 tell your friends about us yeah we've got some fun things planned we are definitely planning a tunnel tour of tulsa i'm so excited um, i know several other podcasts were interested in doing it with us and if we end up having to do two that would be fine and dandy with me i mean i wouldn't be opposed exactly me neither (laughs) so uh just you know, when that goes down, we'll let you guys know. I yes. think when we reach 400 followers, is that, was that it? 400 followers, we're going to give away one of our favorite books. Yeah. We'll do a little drawing and we'll give away one of our favorite books to you guys. Yeah. Absolutely. So, other than that, Jess, tell them what to keep it. Keep it cookie and spooky. Always. Bye. Bye.